Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to hit hit up our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a patron and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little projects such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting and equipment, and travel. You can do that by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. Again, that's www.anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. Today's episode is going to be a name and shame. Um, it's Friday, as as you all know, at the time as of the time of this recording, and um, it's as good of a time as any for a name and shame. So um, I, I came across this article that I saw on um, Leafly a couple days ago, and um, it just goes to show that, like in in politics in the U.S., the people that control the fate of, of tens of millions of people, if your state's that big, like Texas is, rests in the hands of just maybe maybe 50 people, you know, and key, whether they're the governor, whether the lieutenant governor, whether, you know, the, um, whether they're a state rep or a state uh, senator in, in, in who has a bunch of seniority or and is in the right committees, they can single-handedly stonewall progress for for tens of millions of people, and we are seeing this happen in Texas, as well as a bunch of other states. And um, it recently happened in um, Minnesota, where um, the um, one of the, I think one of the leaders of their Senate, like their 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 house, their House of Reps, or their no, their state, their their governor is pro cannabis and wants to legalize. Their state house is controlled by Democrats or or in Minnesota for Minnesota what from what I've hear, they they don't have a like their Democrats are not called Democrats, but they're called Dem Democratic Farm and Labor Party, I believe. But anywho, um they they support legalizing cannabis and um they control their they control the governorship they control the house but the problem is in the in the senate the republicans still have a slim a slim majority and um yeah so the republicans still have a slim majority in in their in their um senate and one guy one senior seniorly located guy was stonewalled progress and didn't let can- the cannabis bill or the cannabis reform go through there this week. 
Um, let me let me name and shame him also in this episode. Um, I might have to I might have to use an entire episode to this guy, but um, let me just give me one moment. I'm gonna look at my feed and because I just posted a comment on Twitter about him. Just give me one sec. But yeah, like it's it's crazy how one person can like has like can all right there we go all right so his name is paul i'm probably gonna butcher his the pronunciation of his name paul galetska or gazka of um minnesota so he's 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 in he's the he's he's a minnesota state senator and senate majority leader so, and from what I've read, from other things I've read about the guy, he serves like a, a rural, a rural di- district. So a guy that only has maybe, maybe a few thousand constituents at most, can single-handedly just decide what the, the whole state of Minnesota, all five or whatever million people, get to have. That's that. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that. Oh well, it's ridiculous that that um. I mean, I feel that we should abolish like, like, uh, government seniority entirely, you know, and just allow committee members to be elected by or committee leads to be, to be um, voted on by the people. I think, I think, I think states should push for that. I really do, because it's it's proving because like in, like like in a lot of states, you don't have ballot measures, and a lot rests on whether your your politicians work within your interests rather than their own agendas you know and um it's 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 sad it really is but let me read this article about texas republicans are key to cannabis legalization in texas in texas no bill becomes law unless republicans will it while that might sound like a death sentence for cannabis reform legislation the party's attitudes on the issue are evolving the question remains, however, is there enough GOP support to make real change during the 2019 legislative session? It's clear which direction attitudes towards cannabis are trending. The Texas Republican Party in 2018 amended its platform to include three separate cannabis planks, support for industrial hemp, decriminalization, and expansion of the state's existing limited medical emphasis at limited I added that emphasis at emphasis mine, but I digress limited medical marijuana program, which critics say is needless, needlessly restrictive. The people quote, the people that go to the Republican state convention, they're really hardcore Republicans said Hunter white, the direction, the communications director for the advocacy group republicans against marijuana prohibition ramp and we're and and they were in favor of this we we were actually surprised at the margins because they really did embrace this issue voters on board are on board with cannabis reform the state's parties on board but just because but because of the fact that texas doesn't allow voter initiatives 
individual lawmakers will be the key to making progress this year. And an examination of the legislature reveals that canvas-related bills face a significant uphill battle to even reach Governor Greg Abbott's desk. There's hope in the House. Despite, despite the fact that a few GOP lawmakers are authoring canvas bills this session, White at Ramp said that Republicans in the State House of Representatives have shown significant support for both expanding the state's medical canvas system and decriminalizing simple possession. Rep. Steve Toth, Republican Woodlands, for example, authored House Bill 2518, which would reduce cannabis possession from a Class B down to a Class C misdemeanor. That would remove risk of jail time for simple possession, currently up to 180 days, and cut the monetary penalty from a maximum of 2000 down to 500 Toth believes Republican voters and lawmakers alike are ready to make progress on decriminalization and medical marijuana, but he opposes legalizing recreational use in the state, citing issues... Citing issues Colorado has had since fully legalizing. Quote, they've had so many issues with people coming to their state. They've had problems with homeless people. It's been a nightmare for law enforcement. Toth said, adding, adding to his reefer madness that he doesn't want Texas to potentially attract people only coming to take advantage of legal cannabis. And they'll just spend their money in Colorado, you dumbass. I digress. But he and a number of his Republican colleagues don't believe people should be going to jail over possession of small amounts of cannabis either. Nor does he think people with legitimate medical needs should be hindered from accessing relief. But he acknowledged that some of his colleagues disagree. Fear and decades-old attitudes from the alleged dangers of marijuana, he said, still linger in the state. Other Republicans to author cannabis bills for the 2019 legislative session include Rep. James White, whose House Bill 20, no, let me, excuse me, whose House Bill 1013 would repeal automatic driver's license suspension for certain drug offenses, and state, and state Rep. Matt Shaheen, who authored House Bill 1228. Which would, which would allow political subdivisions to enact reasonable zoning rules limiting the use of some land for cultivation or use of cannabis while prohibiting gov- local governments from barring the industry entirely. As for the state's lim- limited medical marijuana program, which currently restricts low THC cannabis only to people with intractable epilepsy, state rep Steve Stephanie Click, Killick, the the architect behind the original Compassionate Use Act 2015, has submitted a bill that would add quali- that would add qual- qualifying medical conditions to the state medical cannabis law and remove the requirement that two separate physicians must approve a patient recommendation. Stonewalled, stonewalled in the Senate. If the House is where hope lives. The Senate is where cannabis is most likely to stall in 2019. With the Senate led by Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick 
Bills authored by the Democratic senators have little to no chance of success. Republicans are hesitant to even begin to even bother introducing cannabis legislation in the chamber. It's a cold day in hell when Dan Patrick lets anything written by a Democrat goes go anywhere in the Senate. So that's kind of that kind of bodes badly for that kind of legislation. White of Ramp said, quote, they just kind of tend to wait for what what whatever comes out of the house end quote making passage more difficult is is that all bills whether they are authored in the state house in the state house or senate need a two-thirds majority in each chamber bills must always be reviewed debated and approved by both chambers in order to get to the governor's desk in other words, there's no way around the massive obstacle that the that that the Senate that uh, the massive obstacle that is the Senate when it comes to cannabis legislation. Quote, the Senate is kind of a nightmare, White said. Dan Patrick is the god of the Senate. He he gets to decide essentially what happens. Patrick wields authority over committee assignments. So senators who want to keep their committee spots t typically try to stay in Patrick's good graces. And while Texas voters are, like, are largely in support of cannabis reform, Patrick is loyal to a voting bloc that's not so open to the idea. Older, quote, older Republicans tend to like him, and they tend to th think in that Reagan just say new mindset, White said. My intuition is that Patrick reflects a philosophy about marijuana that is reflected in his voting base, which is older evangelical Republicans, end quote. But what's Patrick's position? Conventional wisdom is that Patrick is against legalization or decriminalization in Texas. The Texas Tribune reported last week that Patrick has been fuming over a decision by Harris County prosecutors to offer a class allowing people caught with under four ounces to avoid criminal charges instead of paying a small fee to take a drug education course. But Patrick hasn't explicitly said where he'll come down on this session's handful of decriminalization bills, such as the one authored by Democratic Rep. Joe Moody, which would change simple possession of less than one ounce to a, to a civil offense rather than a criminal one. There's also reason to believe, or at least some hope, that Patrick may be open to expanding the state's medical marijuana law, the 2015 Compassionate Use Act, an advocacy group, Texans for Expand Access to Medical Marijuana, launched earlier this month on the group's leadership team is Alan Brakemore, one of Patrick's top consultants. Hmm. But what's possible in 2019? The Texas legislature is in session from January 8th through May 27th. Because lawmakers meet only meet every other year, it will not convene again until 2021. If, as in 2017 no progress is made this year it will be a long wait for those seeking greater access to medical cannabis or relief from the state's harsh drug penalties 
However, their significant and growing support from Republicans for decriminalization and medical measures. The key, according to both White and Ramp and State Rep Toth, is awareness and engagement by voters. One of Ramp's primary missions, White said, is to motivate voters to encourage their elected officials to support reform. Any lawmaker can write a bill, but in Texas, Republicans ultimately determine the laws of the land. When it comes to cannabis, that party might be ready for some change. Quote, the Republican consensus, excuse me, the Republican consensus in this state is not as high as Democrats or the population as a whole, Wipe said. But there is a majority support behind that, and there, th this is particularly true for the younger Republicans, end quote. End of article. So again, that just goes to show you that committees in, in the United States have way, way too much power. One guy, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, gets to decide what 40 million, what 30-something million people get. Oh, he gets to decide what, what, what 30 million get based on his whims. One person has all that power over the committees all that power over whether people go to jail for a harmless plant. One guy gets to one guy gets to be the shot caller and gets to make all the decisions. You know, too much power rests in the hands of just too few people. In in states that have legalized, city councils of five or six people can decide an entire town can ban cannabis in their in in, in their in their municipality just a few people have all the power a few pivotal people decide what what thousands what millions of people get and you know um if if you if you voted for if you voted if you voted to reelect governor abbott this falls on you i'm just going to be blunt if you voted to reelect him knowing that this guy was going to be the lieutenant governor again for another term and that he was going to, and he was going to continue to block legislation then 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 you're stuck on stupid that's that's on you you know i mean i understand that not everyone has not everyone thinks cannabis is uh, their their biggest issue that they're politically concerned about or put priority on i understand that but you know, elections have consequences. Elections have consequences. That's that's all I gotta that's all I gotta say, you know. And um to sort of wrap up this episode, um, since I'm closing it on twenty minutes pretty soon, um Alright, so let me get you his contact information, Dan Patrick's contact information. So if you live in Texas you can make your you could you could say it loudly for him to hear. Politely and civilly, of course. Within reason, of course. Be don't don't be rude to him on the phone. I don't I don't advocate people be mean or mean spirited to their elected official, officials. You know, I I let out I let I let off steam so you don't have to. So you can come correct to your lawmakers politely and, and civilly and you know, with with empathy and understanding, even even to our opponents, we have to be we have to be diplomatic, and we have to we have to show that, you know, we're professional about this. But um, let me let me get you his contact information if you happen to live in Texas. So um, 
so I'll, I'll leave his I'll leave his official um, I'll leave a link to his contact info on, on the show notes as well so to get to him by telephone um, okay so the lieutenant the Texas lieutenant governor's message line is 512-463-5342 and the Texas lieutenant governor office line is 512-463-0001 again his um, message line is 412 463 5342 and his office line is 512-463-0001 and as always everyone stay medicated my friends